Welcome to That's No Bull podcast with your host, Terry Nearance, on the Kapow Radio Show Network. Real people, real talk, real solutions. That's No Bull podcast is brought to you by fifthhookmedia.com, where you will find relevant books, music, videos, and podcasts. fifthhookmedia.com, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-M-E-D-I-A.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Terry Nairns, and you're here with Nets No Bull. We're here today with my good friend, Dr. Vernon Kilburn. Vernon is a retired chiropractor. He's um, into holistic medications, um, holistic healing. He does a weekly, bi-weekly or a twice a week talk? Uh, uh, two times a month. Two times a month, bi-weekly talk on, on brain and gut health. And today, Vern's going to tell us, first of all, a little bit about him, um, why he is more into the natural health, and a little bit about today, he's going to talk a little bit about calcium, and a little bit about how we're living in today's society. So I'm going to turn things over to you, Vernon. Welcome. Thanks well, for being with us. Thank you, Terry. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm a retired chiropractor, not necessarily because I want to, but I had a bad accident 43 years ago. I fractured my cervical spine in two places in a hang gliding accident and became a quadriplegic. So I have not been in active practice since that time, but I still keep an active license. I now hold the oldest license, active license in the state of Utah. I keep my license because I'm interested in healthcare and the new developments that are taking place. So I try to follow the new research, some of it that I've been to seminars on the last several years is not even released for the general public yet. It'll probably be four or five years before it gets published in textbooks that we can spread this information around. And I won't discuss that today, but the, the brain-gut axis and its reaction with the immune system of the human body is just one of the biggest breakthroughs that we've had in health science in many, many years. Well, I'm, I'm pleased that I'll just mention that 70 to 80 percent of your immune system comes from your gut and it has effect on the brain and the brain has effect on your gut. So I'll leave it with that, but I keep active in these things and I try as much as I can 
to get people interested in their own health because there does not have to be nor is there a pill that cures every ill we are causing most of our illnesses in the lifestyle that we live now i'll start out with this illustration i guess it's an illustration but we are living in an adrenal society our population on a daily basis is functioning on adrenaline and this cannot happen without the side effects that eventually will really kill you now that's probably a statement that i need to explain and i'll try to do that i'm not a scholar and i've never been called a scientist because i'm not i just like everyday living and I like common sense and logic. So let's see what happens when you get an adrenal reaction. You get excited over just different things. You can get an adrenal reaction from watching a television program. Like a, a movie. horror movie? Yes, a horror movie. Okay. Uh, witnessing uh, an auto accident being frightened, worry, all of these things trigger an adrenal reaction. Now keep in mind, and if you don't remember anything about this discussion today, remember two things, adrenaline and insulin are antagonists they fight with each other so is there like a little boxing match going on in our body <laughs> it's it's more than a dog on boxing match the adrenal reaction triggers the fight and flight or flight mechanism in the primitive man it's been with us since mankind evolved or was placed here wherever you have to happen to decide where the human race came from that's up to you i'm not going to get into it we'll get into that in another show <laughs> but what happens when when you get the adrenaline reaction your blood pressure instantly increases your pulse rate instantly increases your blood supply goes to your skeletal muscles you're going to run or you're going to fight your blood supply diminishes going to the digestive organs food that is not properly digested putrefies and becomes a toxin 
to you. So let's look now at insulin. Insulin does what? It lowers blood sugar, right? Okay, if adrenaline is kicked in and adrenaline is working, you're not producing insulin and you have automatically with the fight or flight mechanism increased your sugar in your blood. So duh, you're going to have a higher blood sugar. Are you not? Does this make sense? It makes sense. So hey. is that why that leads to when we are completely exhausted after we have that, that adrenaline rush, when our body is just feels like it's been beaten up and we've been run over by a Mack truck, is that adrenaline crash? That's that's amen, because the, your sugar level is so high, your sugar gets metabolized, and the byproduct of sugar metabolism is lactic acid. And that's an irritant. It gets in your muscles and makes you ache. But now don't get me wrong, there, there are many people that have diabetes. We need to take this serious. But many people are being treated for diabetes that don't have it, and they shouldn't be. But the craze now is that you're pre-diabetic. Well, you're pre-diabetic the day you're born. But well, some people, they say that, that what your diabetic blood level is anywhere between 80 and 120 is a common good level. But I have a friend who they claim is diabetic, but she really does better when her blood sugar is right around 2, 220. You know, she starts to feel a little shaky and everything when her blood drops down to 150 even. You know, she gets that, that little bit of shaky to her. So I think some people normally function a little bit better with a high blood sugar. I mean, is that that standard something that they've been looking into changing? Well, that standard has changed. And I was in a seminar over 40 years ago. And the instructor at that seminar said the big push by big karma is going to be in prescribing diabetic medicine. They're going to start lowering the standard of accepted levels, and that's been dropping down from 140 down to the now 120 and lower, and then the 80 on the lower end some people are experiencing hypoglycemia starting around 85. And that's where you start to get the shakiness and you lack of energy, confused, get confusion. Absolutely. It, it happens and any, any of you that have been around a diabetic person knows that sometimes they're given too much insulin and that blood level drops down and they can't function. 
I had uh, one of my neighbors. I was operating a chop saw, cutting two befores and two besixes at different lengths and angles. And this gentleman, his family had given him an extra dose of insulin and he was standing and leaning up against the table and almost got his arm chopped off with a with a saw mm. and he was he was in a stupor so naturally in this situation they had to give him the high uh, volume sugar to, to get him out of it but i've seen people that actually have gone into a coma with low blood sugar. And to me, the, the chronic low blood sugar is more dangerous than a little higher level of sugar. Because I, I know people, if they get down to 40 and even once in a while, 30, they're passed out. Well, I've seen people with the high rating clear up into the 900s. And of course, you, if it's there, yes, you have to bring that down. That's too high. But they didn't die from it. And they didn't go into a diabetic coma? No. So the I've, I've watched these things over the years and the, the testing used to be what they call the glucose tolerance tests. Mm -hmm. You don't very often hear about the glucose tolerance tests, but they were time consuming, they were uncomfortable, but they were pretty accurate. But you had to do them. I remember when I was pregnant, we had to do them. It was a five hour test. I yes. had to fast and then consume the, the liquid. It was a very sugary liquid, almost like a, a syrupy orange pop. And then they drew blood every hour to see how my blood level would, or my sugar levels dropped each hour. Yes, and they, they timed it. They gave you this nasty drink. It was to, terrible. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it, like I say, and so, now the A1C is the popular thing. Natural cholesterol? Or what is A1C? A1C checks your glucose level over mm -hmm. a period of time. Okay, so and it's just a different test? It's a different test and it's apparently replaced the glucose tolerance test. But my feeling is that anyone before they go on a diabetic regime of medication that the A1C is checked at least twice before they come into being given these medications. Because once you get on them, that upsets your entire body physiology. So is there a possibility that once you start taking um, insulin, you know, your body has a natural, like when you start taking opiates, your body's natural brain receptors and endorphins and everything shut down because now you've got something that is artificially 
enhancing the, that that problem so your body doesn't doesn't produce it is that the same when you start taking insulin without actually needing it could that actually shut down your pancreas from developing the insulin that it would normally develop absolutely any body part that is not used will dissipate will not dissipate atrophy atrophy disuse disuse atrophy if you don't use a muscle if you don't exercise your arm you get disuse atrophy if you have a broken leg and you keep it in a cast for just two weeks your thigh measurement will decrease by at least two inches because of the disuse atrophy puts a new meaning to the term use it or lose it use it or lose <laughs> it amen that's that's just the way it works so speaking of using it or losing it and talking about muscle building and bones and stuff like that calcium we had a conversation the other day about calcium that i found to be extremely interesting because that is the one thing especially being a woman that they push on us all the time taking calcium for healthy bones healthy teeth hair skin nails things like that um you you mentioned that um, we should be taking calcium a specific way. Would you like to discuss that a little bit? Yes, I would. That's that's one of the reasons that, that I have started these classes every two weeks, and I will continue giving them until there's no interest. If people aren't interested in taking care of their own health, then if they don't care, I'm why should I care? But I still do anyway. But the incidence with calcium was brought to my attention last summer, a year ago. And it was either in August or September. But there was an article in the newspapers that women that were taking supplemental calcium should stop taking it because if they were taking a supplemental calcium it increased their chances risks of having stroke and heart attack well i cannot go along with this theory because the problem is the calcium utilization now i said i'm not a chemist i haven't done these lab tests but i have done much research into lab tests on calcium utilization i know that there's a north pole but i haven't been there but i talk to people that have been there and i take their word yes there's a north pole Maybe it isn't where it's supposed to be with the new GPS stuff, but that's superfluous information. And I won't but, say Santa's <laughs> not there either. <laughs> the, the thing about calcium is every single body, uh, every single cell in your body needs calcium to function. Now you ask people, and nine out of 10 will tell you 
calcium is for strong teeth and bones. Okay, that's true to a certain respect. But your blood level calcium is more important because your body will rob your bones and teeth of calcium to keep your blood level calcium up because calcium is the thing that triggers your heartbeat. So that's what leads to lack of calcium leads to osteoporosis? It certainly does. It's, and it may not be the lack of calcium, but it's the utilization of the calcium that you're taking. Okay. Now, I mentioned earlier that, that my philosophy is common sense and logic. Okay, Tums are uh, a big candy item right now. People throw those things down like the jelly beans in Ron Regan. Oh, yes. Now, this, this you're going to have to, to listen closely because calcium utilization depends on certain things that physiologically must take place. The first item is you have to have a calcium that is readily absorbed by the human body. But I would gather that probably 80% of the calcium that is consumed in this country today is calcium carbonate. And test after test show that calcium carbonate is not readily absorbed by the human body. What about coral calcium? That's a big one. Coral, coral calcium, it's another sales pitch. Coral calcium, calcium can sit there on those reefs for hundreds and thousands of years and it doesn't dissolve. <laughs> so do you think that it's going to dissolve in your stomach within the first two to three hours? No. So getting back to that, the calcium must be dissolved in the stomach proper in the presence of hydrochloric acid. Contrary to popular belief, most older adults do not produce enough hydrochloric acid. So the calcium must be dissolved and absorbed within the first seven feet of the intestinal tract. That's where absorption of calcium takes place. And with, if it's dissolved in the first seven feet, then it must have a carrier, vitamin D3 or two, depending, you know, you wonder what vitamin D3, vitamin D2, what's the difference? Well, one of them's plant source, the other one's animal source. They both do the same thing. But you must have the vitamin D to get it out of the stomach and into the bloodstream. Then it, must be taken out of the bloodstream 
and into the interstitial fluids of the body so it can be utilized. And the only way it can get out of the stomach is through the process of the omega-3 fatty acids. And there's many, many, many of them. So just the last four or five years particularly, somebody somewhere has awakened to the fact that we're not getting enough vitamin D and so they are promoting it. One of the first things they do now is ask you what your vitamin D level is if you're taking a supplemental vitamin D. Well, that's a problem because you take the calcium out of the stomach and into the bloodstream and if it stays there, then it does become a hazard to you. It increases your risk of stroke and heart attack because your blood is thickened by the amount of calcium that's there. So you got to get it out of there. And that's the part that they leave out of the formula when you're taking the calcium as a supplement, they don't tell you about the omega-3 fatty acids. And they're from many sources, so I won't go into those. I'll challenge you to look up what the omega-3s, but it's fish oil, uh, olive oil, uh, coconut oil. These are, are high in the omega-3 fatty acids. But let's get back to the the a common sense thing about the, the Tums. Okay, the first thing you have in the Tums, it's an anti-acid. Okay? Mm -hmm. You've got calcium there that must be dissolved in your stomach in the presence of hydrochloric acid and you've neutralized it. And to start with, it's the calcium carbonate which for your sake, in this case, you're not absorbing enough of it to increase your blood level calcium very much because it isn't getting there. And I'll just throw this in on top of it. When you, most of the little calcium tablets you take are white, hard calcium pills. Put one of them in a cup of water and see how long it takes for you for that tablet to dissolve. I've had them sit there in a cup of water for three days. They never dissolve. Well, <clears throat> they go through your intestinal tract and pardon the expression, you poop them out in the toilet. <laughs> That's flushing your money down the toilet quick. <laughs> That's amen, brother. And, and, why am I so concerned about this? Because one of the first patients that I had when I started practice back in 1961, when I got out of chiropractic college, I took some x-rays of a lady that had been in a little automobile accident. And as I was developing the x-rays, now I'm from back there when you took the x 
x-rays and then you had to take them in the dark room and you had to put them in the developer and then the fixer and then you rinse them off and hang them up to dry. Well, this took a long time. But while I was reviewing the x-rays in the dark room, I noticed these white dots all along the intestinal tract. And my first thought, here we've got metastatic cancer of some sort. But as I looked at them closer in the black light, I could see that they were all very uniform in shape. And I thought, ooh, what's, what's going on here? Well, I went ahead and developed the x-ray, the, put them up to dry and, and finished the examination of, of the lady. Now, this lady owned her own health food store. So as I was asking her questions, I said, are you taking some kind of maybe calcium supplement? And she said, well, yes. I take four of them a day. And I said, okay, that answers the question. We'll discuss this a little bit further because you have a little problem here. One of them is you're not absorbing the calcium you're taking. And the other thing is you have a little problem with constipation because there are 14 calcium tablets that I can count in your intestinal tract. So that means they've been in there. That's a three-day supply. So you haven't been going to the bathroom here the last several days. Well, that got me very curious. And so I've watched calcium and calcium utilization since that time. So you, if you're going to take a supplemental calcium, then do the complete formula. You've got to have the digestive enzymes. If you don't have enough, hydrochloric acid in your stomach, and most adults do. You can look this up again if you want to, just don't take my word for it. But there are very, very few cases of actual hyperacidity in the stomach. So we'll just leave it at that. I have read a couple of reports that say basically the same thing that you know they push the antacids and everything but it's actually not a, a overabundance of stomach acid it's a lack of enough stomach acid that causes some of the issues that people are having that they are falsely thinking is indigestion or heartburn yes and a lot of that is putrefaction it's it's a, a toxic you know, you can, there are bases and acids, and you can get a burn out of a base just the same as you can an acid. And if you don't believe me, just put a couple of drops of sodium hydroxide on your skin sometime. It'll, it'll start to smoke, and just like uh, uh, nitric acid or hydrochloric acid. 
Well, they're they are pretty potent stuff. Yeah, well, they've got some paint stripper that'll do that to you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for for discussing all of that with us today. We're gonna have Vern back on here quite a bit. I I hope, I, you know, I love having him on as a guest. He's very knowledgeable about things. He's very practical about things and that's what we want this show to be all about we don't want to push you in any direction all we're doing is is telling you from our point of view and you're free to make up your own minds as a matter of fact that's what exactly that's exactly what we'd want you to do is make up your own mind and that's no bull (laughs) today's show is brought to you by hempworks and mydailysprays.com My Daily Sprays are the effortless daily wellness in a simple daily spray. The newly formulated daily sprays are delivering more potent effects and more targeted results than ever before. Thanks to a genius little micronized delivery system, daily sprays are the go-to vitamin spray to help your body get what it needs throughout the day. With proven natural ingredients and extensive third-party testing to ensure quality and safety, daily sprays are the pocket-sized way to live each day in health and confidence. To check out MyDailySprays.com, go to www.MyDailySprays.com forward slash Terry Nairns. That's T-E-R-I-N-E-H-R. E-N-Z www.mydailysprays.com forward slash Terry Nairns. See you soon.